Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, the road less traveled isn't always an easy one to walk, but it does do wonders for your soul. My guest today, Joe Fairley, is a father, surfing guide, and a student of life. I gravitate towards Joe as I love his outlook on life, the type of questions he asks himself, and the way he approaches parenthood. This is a deep conversation on many levels, and in this episode, Joe and I get stuck into many interesting topics, including health and happiness, teaching kids to tackle fear and learn life skills via sport, scaring yourself when you start to feel numb, the simpleness to asking yourself big questions, letting go of control, the importance of movement, the maintenance of physical possessions, and the beautiful lessons of fatherhood. If you have ever asked yourself the question, what is this life all about? Then I think you're really going to like this episode. You never know. The answer might be quite simple. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Joe Fairley. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very well, very well indeed. And you currently live in my hometown of Newcastle. And I say currently, as you have spent a good chunk of your time traveling this world and learning from the places that you visit and the people that you've met, that you and I actually met as your young boy has swimming lessons at the swim school that I teach at. And it didn't take many encounters for me to tell that, similar to me, you were trying to design your life and live life to the beat of your own drum and I am instantly gravitated towards people like that but especially parents who are trying to do just that because I know of the challenges and fears associated with that and I'm I'm always like eager to see if there's kind of something that I can learn but before we dive into all of those things which I'm sure we will take me back a few years what was the turning point for you to really start questioning things and to make some big changes in your life? Yeah, I think the turning point was always there and I don't know if there was a definite moment per se. Uh, however, yeah, from a young age, I've always, I guess I've thought differently and, and felt differently. I um, always knew there was something more, I guess, than what I was you know, receiving from standard information. Um, but in particular, my mum got she had breast cancer when I was uh, just starting my apprenticeship and um, at that time, it didn't seem right. There was something wrong, uh, I guess, within the diagnosis and, and then the treatment protocol for that and then that really inspired me to say, you know what, just deep down this feels like it's not something we have to fight against uh, and look at it in such a conventional way. So. At that moment, I decided that I'd flip up every rock I could and, and just get to the bottom of, of health and, and happiness and life and what it's, sort of, what it's about. So that was really the starting point on a conscious level, I guess. And, and so you talk about you know, health and happiness there. Has that been the big journey for you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's been hard work to actually uh, re myself to, 
to looking at things in a different way and, and not be disheartened, I guess, um, by you know varying situations or the way we live or, or different things, um, and then just sort of backing myself and saying, okay, I gotta I gotta work this out, and for my own sake, I gotta find find something more or something within myself and and go for it. So so that was it. And when you say working things out, what, what do you mean by that? I guess just like I sort of suggested before, even through my schooling years, it just didn't quite seem right. I was confused. There was a lot of confusion um, about not only what I was learning, but just what time actually was, what what the purpose behind spending time in a in a building or in an office or in a classroom, um, hearing information and how that was actually going to change my life or change my perception of things. Um, and, and like, was was that a hard thing? You know, I guess as a kid to to realize, hold on, the way that I'm being taught here is not maybe the way that I actually learn information. Is was was that a, a, a I guess a bit of a challenge because you might not have been able to change that situation? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's been a, a big inspiration for myself having a child now is to actually get a little bit of that information across and and reach out to kids in varying ways who may be having learning difficulties. And, you know, I'm working with some young kids now with martial arts and it's based on them having anxiety or them having issues within themselves. And a lot of that comes from uh, they learn differently. Uh, They don't necessarily respond just to intellectual information. They might be very practical or they might not be being understood the way that they need to be understood. And that's not, you know, a negative against... uh, you know any any system or or way it's just uh sometimes we need to be approached differently and i like to give that opportunity to the kids uh, who do learn differently uh have that experience and still you know make them feel that they're okay because they often feel that you know if i'm not intellectually hitting the marks that is being presented to me then ultimately i'm failing so they have they build a self-image then mm. that they're not good enough and this is you know this is totally not true so I'm trying to bring a little bit of awareness to that, uh, not only in the school system, but just to parents and and people and, and myself, of course, always learning myself with this. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about you know you teaching kids martial arts and that and that's helping them with their anxiety. F- for me, with teaching swimming, and and I know that you know your boy is he's what two or three years old, so he's he's quite small. But the, w- when I'm teaching the kids that are around, say you know five to to twelve. And there's definitely a lot of kids with learning difficulties. For me, I find that teaching them swimming is just the the gateway to actually start building confidence and getting them to tackle other fears within their life. So it, it might simply be that they they hate the water or they don't want to put their head underwater or, or they're, they're, they've got some kind of fear associated with the water. But then once we can get them to do that and push through that fear, then it really unlocks the door to kind of really say to them, hey, what are those, what are those other kind of self-limiting beliefs that you have that we can, we can start knocking down that have nothing to do with swimming? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is a conversation I had with a, a lady yesterday who, who is in the martial arts and a professional fighter and she just fought at a big event on the weekend and we had the exact same comfort, uh, conversation regarding, you know, your fears and, um, you know, some people might say to her, like, you know, aren't you scared? You seem, you know, quite calm in this moment. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just as scared as, you know, everyone else. It's just that you learn some tools over the years to um, to sort of cultivate that energy, I guess. Um, 
and 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 overcome those obstacles it's not that people don't have anxiety or they don't have fear or they don't have worries uh that's a part of human nature and that's a part of being here um but there's definitely some tools that we can learn and you're absolutely right swimming for the kids is one way that they forge a self-belief that hey i can float i can swim i can go under and i'm not gonna die and martial arts is the same you know someone could throw a punch at me um even in a skill-based setting and I can divert that and actually look after myself and hey, wow, I'm actually, there's a potential in there that I'm, I'm unlocking. And I think that goes for every sport or every endeavor uh, that we come across and young or old. And do, do you think that, you know, you talk about that, those skills there, are, are they tactics that we can put into our own life and, and, and learn quickly? Or do you think these are, <clears throat> pardon me, or do you think these are things that you kind of have to go through the experience to, to really enable it to sink in i think we can implement them as a practice and if we do that and we have the spark or the will in ourselves to take the step to go and put ourselves in a out of our comfort zone and for example go and do some movement work that we've you know do some cross patterning that we haven't usually done and we as an adult we get out and we lizard crawl or we you know do a handstand or do these things i think that is one way, but also experience always teaches no matter what. So we can prep ourselves, um, but having the experience, we will be forced to learn. Uh, and if we don't learn from it, we kind of miss the gem in there. But I, I do think that really challenging ourselves uh, as a practice and, and actually going for that and setting that as a priority, as, especially as an adult, to you know, re-look at things in different ways and actually challenge our our behavior and our condition response and challenge the way that we're moving through the day, I think we can grow, you know, exceptionally well through that initiative. And do you think as adults we we stop learning or, or we kind of have these beliefs that we just kind of carry around with us? Yeah, personally I feel like we get comfortable. I think we just get comfortable. Yeah, that, that's a it's a that's an interesting word, that 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 comfortableness, because I think sometimes we we strive for comfortable or we strive for no pain and no struggle um, where, where I, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to explain what I'm trying to say here, but like sometimes that, that striving for, for being comfortable, we actually are a little bit stagnant. Absolutely. There's a numbing that happens and, you know, a really good friend of mine, I just laugh every time I think of the situation. He's a surf guy, a guy I work with up in Sumatra, uh, Shane, he's a great mate of mine and we come to this idea that even in a beautiful location like that and, you know, doing a job that other people consider, you know, one of the best jobs you could do, you know, surfing with guests from all around the world each day and, you know, all the, all the blah, blah that comes with that but, you know, the reality is you, you, you be in that setting for a while and, you know, sure enough, a bit of monotonous sort of repetition comes into it. And we spoke about when you're getting down and you're starting to get dull and you're starting to get numb to things or you're starting to just move through the motions. We, we come up with this bit of a joke and it was about being scared, you know, putting ourselves in situations where we were scared. And then all of a sudden we'd feel alive and, you know, the depression or the subtle depression or the subtle um you know, lethargy in the mind would just go away. So we would find we found this coconut tree, and the coconut tree was right out over the water, and it was dangerous. If we fell off this thing when we climbed up, you're going to break a break an arm for sure. But if you make it and you get the hold of the rope, you can swing out into the water and do some flips. And the first time I walked up and I said I'm going to do it, and Shane was down the bottom and he was looking up at me, and 
laughing and he's like, you know, saying some beautiful, kind, encouraging words as as a friend would, um, you know, ripping into me. <laughs> and he's, and I said, mate, I'm actually scared. And he said, you should be. You should see how high it is from down here. And I ended up doing it. And after I did it once, I got comfortable that I could do it more and more. But the fear was still there every time and then he's you know much bigger guy than me and he started doing it so each day we come up with this thing and whenever we'd get dull we just quickly grab each other run down the track through the jungle climb up the coconut tree grab hold of the rope get really scared jump off do a flip into the water and all our worries were gone and I think the the story I guess the gem in that for me and something I remind myself of is just the, the challenge and especially for a male um in, in this social setting, we don't necessarily have a lot of opportunity to really express ourselves in a healthy way. And so it comes out, it tends to come out negatively because there's so many rules and regulations. And I think we need to find these avenues where we can express that positively. Um, and people are doing it. There's, there's awesome people out there. You just got to tap into it. And, and like, are, are you talking about their to kind of scare yourself, whether it be every day or, or every week, but kind of be scaring yourself in like a physical kind of challenge way like that? Is that, is that what you mean? Or, or, or scaring yourself as in, in big changes in your life? I think everything, I mean, physically is, is one massive part and that's honoring the fact that we are here in a body, um, you know, and actually having that experience and seeing the potential and, you know, how we can move and what we can handle and, you know, people are trying to do that on, on many levels through varying, you know, sports and all sorts of things, uh, but also mentally. And I feel that that's opening up to new perspectives and, you know, opening up to, hey, I might think like this and my society or my culture might think like this, but in a different part of the world, they could think completely different and that doesn't make it wrong and, and actually the opposite. It just makes it's totally right and it's their truth. And to be able to flip the perspective and open up to the way that, you know, many, many people think uh, and can think, I think is beautiful. And then also, as you mentioned, you know, actually changing things. There's a great scare in there and it's it's an awesome one. And you talk there about, you know, people all over the world thinking differently and, and you have traveled um, qu- quite a lot. What was it about traveling that, that made you want to do it? I, I think it's the, the pace, to be honest, that I really get attracted to, uh, especially in Asian countries. Um, there's, you know, you see the elder people and I think it's just the pace that they move at and there's some ease and I think that comes through a bit of a traditional understanding and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom that gets passed on to them a bit more of a different meaning to life and I think that's really the attraction for me uh, and, and where that inspiration comes from to either keep traveling or keep having these conversations with these people and, and just looking at life a little bit differently. And, you know, every time I come back to Australia, um, you know, same feeling. It's like, wow, this is fast. <laughs> mm. And what, why do you think we want to slow down so much? I don't think people want to slow down. I just think it's a, it's probably a very healthy thing to slow down. Mm. And it, I think it just gives a different perspective when we slow down and actually look at what really matters. Um, and I think that's a big one, just that question of, you know, why or, or what am I doing and, and what's what am I ultimately trying to achieve? And, and if I am moving so fast or I am, you know, constantly being, having so much activity in my life and, you know, loading my days, you know, why am I doing that and am I trying to avoid something or am I scared of something or, you know, there's, there's a good question in there for, for all of us. 
And and, and I, well, I guess kind of getting into the nitty gritty with that, with someone listening who who's like, okay, cool, I, I, I want to start asking that question to myself. Is it simply about, you know, asking that question why and and answering it on a piece of paper or, or did you, is, is there certain tactics that you use to, to try to get to that answer? Yeah, it's funny, you know, I've, I've actually given this quite some thought and for me personally, I know I can't answer that for anyone else, but for me personally, it's about, it's, you know, writing it down is excellent, but it's also about just acknowledging it. And a good, um, a good example of that is if it's dark outside and you turn a torch on, and you shine it on something, it, that, that can't hide anymore and it's, it, it's already there. And I think that becomes a part of ourselves as well. If we acknowledge something like maybe, you know what, like I'm just not that open to, you know, hearing anything very, you know, subjective or esoteric or, you know, I'm just not open to that. And just the recognition of not being open to that is enough to be open to it. It's mm. enough to, to put the torch on it and say, wow, that's a part of myself that I'm actually consciously you know, withholding. And, and that, that is enough because it can't hide anymore once it's been acknowledged. So it's actually quite an easy process. And I think people become very uh, over intellectual on, on this stuff and try so hard to, um, you know, manifest and write things down and all these try to, things and try to unlock and decode a lot of stuff. But I don't think it's as complicated as as it sounds, I think it's quite simple. Well, I, I think too, because sometimes when we when we talk about that why or that purpose, and they're two words that are kind of getting bashed around a lot, but we we sometimes think it's going to be this big grand plan, where sometimes it it actually is quite simple, and and sometimes people don't want the torch to be to be shining on that simplicity. Absolutely, and I think this is what some cultures teach is there's it's just there's not much happening out there you know and unfortunately we probably create a lot of drama and a lot of stuff um for not really much purpose you know uh not there's not much to be gained out of you know reading all the disasters in the paper and and you know listening to the disasters and the dramas on tv when we could be actually out you know doing a handstand or taking some deep breaths or you know observing some you know natural settings uh jumping in the ocean being scared you know um cooking some beautiful food growing something um spending time with our kids doing these very simple things that i think we almost need to as a whole maybe revisit these simple pleasures and and really enjoy them for what they are in the moments and and has that taken has that taken you i guess time to come to that realization is it like, or, or, or a better way to, to phrase that maybe, was it hard for you to turn your back on the, on the non-simple world and, and kind of all the trappings of society? Like- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes time. And I think, I think the time there is, for me, the best way I could sum that up, you know, simply is I've always tried to plan and be in control of what I was doing. And sometimes the universe has a much grander plan than you even can fathom. And I think most people who have had big life experiences and, you know, big, big challenges that have just come up out of nowhere, that teaches not to try to plan and control. And so it almost forces to be, hey, just be present and enjoy because you're just not sure, you know, ultimately sort of what's happening or what's in store for you or what you've set yourself up to, to ultimately learn. Um, so it forces you back into the present anyway. I, th- I think it's interesting that 
lack of control has probably been one of the big lessons that I've personally kind of learned over the last few years that that understanding that we think we might have a plan and we think we're kind of going step by step but but really we we don't have any control even if we are even if we are in a in a I guess a a structured way kind of okay well I'm 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 going to work and retire at 65 and and then I get to go on a cruise and and all of those kinds of you know, the life journey kind of thing. We really don't have control of that. And and so then part of me is like, well, if you don't have any control of the final situation, then maybe just keep doing the things that make you happy. Absolutely. You, you know, it's perfectly said, I guess, and I, I couldn't agree more. And I think the beauty and where I've really learnt this a lot is being in a place, uh, working in a place like the Mental Islands of Sumatra, and it's a bit of a high-end place, I guess, for surfers. And, you know, there's a lot of, especially wealthy people travel through there, and especially where the camp that I work at uh, sort of attracts that that personnel, I guess. And there's a lot of, you know, doctors and, you know, people who have had a lot of wealth and material um you know, gain and, and really succeeded on, 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 on many levels of life that many people try to achieve. And watching them and hearing them and talking to them uh, when they're on holidays, when they're just surfing, you know, far away from their settings and hearing their view then on what sort of matters or the things that they've learned. And many of them come up with, you know, sicknesses or illnesses or wishing that they had spent more time with their family or wishing that they had um, done things a little bit differently or not work so much or all of these things and it's not at all to take away from these people it's actually beautiful that they have the ability to share with us and I'm just I get a little bit confused at why we don't listen to these people mm-hmm. more and, they, and then share that information because they're coming from experience they've already been there they've done it they've got the massive house they own you know five houses across you know South Africa and you know they're a doctor and they do this and there's infinite money and material prosperity they're in a beautiful surfing location and still they're searching for those same things that we all are um, still looking for that inner peace or um, that simplicity and 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 the health the health of the body so they can actually you know enjoy their their time uh, you know within, without your knees blowing out and you know you, you put on a few extra kilos and your back you just start to compress and etc etc you know the story goes on but there's a lot of gems in there that you know that people share from their experience, and, and so, um, so, yeah. so so why why don't we listen to that? Uh, personal opinion again, um, but I feel that it's scary because what happens is if we listen, and we actually listen to to the wisdom of of the elders or the people who have gone before us, and they say, hey everything that you try to achieve out there and succeed in outside is ultimately going to leave you to some sort of emptiness and you're still going to have to learn and go on the inner journey and start to you know work through your own happiness and peace and you know come to terms with your own emotional state it means that we have to face our stuff and when we face our stuff i feel it means that we have to then take 100% responsibility for our experience and you know it's a fun journey that one and i think that's where, you know, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for it, but it's a very challenging journey because every time something happens, you're not pointing the finger anymore. It's it's totally yourself, you know, you did that. <laughs> mm. And you, you've spoken there about um, 
working in Indonesia and and at the at the surf camps and things like that and and through a lot of your traveling you, you've never really just kind of ticked off the the tourist destinations you've always immersed yourself in the cultures but you, you've also kind of immersed yourselves in in the learnings of of alternative medicine and spirituality and, and fitness and things like this and and they've completely i guess reshaped your life like firstly what were some of the key areas or, or things that you were learning about and why do you think they had such a, a deep changing effect on you? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And um, again, I think it was related to this, you know, I, I would, as a, as, a young, as a teenager going out with mates and, you know, having a few beers and couldn't really handle that too well and be walking home and just looking up in the sky and you know looking at the stars and just asking those questions that a kid does you know what what is this place you know what, what am I what's happening uh, and then I guess that was always a question there and I would always then read you know just very subjective you know philosophical um, you know ideas and concepts and you know yoga was a big part of that study um, and I think that journey was always something that I was I was going to you know, work towards. Um, and then when I finally, you know, navigated my way to, to actually start the process, um, I just had a few experiences early on and very, very simple experiences, nothing, you know, extraordinary, but just simple experiences of, you know, doing some simple breath work or meditation or moving a bit consciously. And all of a sudden, uh, just recognizing that, you know, all those thoughts that I've had all along were, were real and, and right um, in many ways for myself um, and just to have that self-backing and then, you know, follow that journey even further. And when you talk about movement there and, you, you know, you've kind of spoken about some handstands and things like that, t talk to me about the importance of movement because I, th I think it's something that, you know, everyone's like, well, we move, but, you know, what do you mean when you say movement? Yeah, I guess challenging challenging ourselves to move and, and see what our potential is and irrespective of, you know, your, anyone's sort of philosophical or, or theoretical ideas of how we've got here as a human and species and evolution, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that we're, you know, a very evolved um, creature and so in that evolution we have this, you know, brain and nervous system with an enormous capacity for for all sorts of things and, and then a body that's also very capable of, you know, not only strength and endurance and, you know, basically kind of the best of the best and I think, you know, maybe we've lost that a little bit uh, as a general but there's certainly a lot of people also are, are really pushing the peak potential of that um, but I think, you know, movement as a whole, I think it's about, you know, just retesting how, how our brain and nervous system responds to the way we put our body and um, the way we breathe and the way we move and then, you know, saying to our body, hey, I'm going to move like this and it might not be conventional but I'm going to teach myself that that's okay. And I think within that pushing the physical body to those levels, the mind naturally opens up because you think you couldn't do something and then all of a sudden you're balancing on your hands or you're standing on your head or whatever you're doing and then it's like, hang on a minute, if I can do this, then I'm definitely going to look at the day differently. I'm going to look at the weather differently. It's just natural. There seems to be this, in, in a lot of the stuff that you talk about, this connection. Everything is connected. You know, you've got the movement, the breath, and you talk about spirituality and you talk about the mind. Is, is that really how you kind of go through life with everything deeply connected to each other? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, 100%, I believe so. And that, that's for me. And I guess 
the only way to really for anyone to have that experience or to really feel that themselves is you know I think this is something that I got myself into a little bit of trouble with but it also helped me enormously it was picking everything apart and it was you know basically going to this you know simplicity and, and analysis of every single thing and keep asking why 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 and we pull something apart and we go deeper and we go deeper and then we realize okay well we can't just have um, you know adrenal fatigue and a, and a healthy mind it doesn't work um, we can't have a sore knee and a you know and a good digestive system at the same time because it, it, they're all so related and I think it, you know science is really backing this right now and I think if we delve into that and we we look at the effect and the role that emotions have on our digestive system and then that digestive system is creating our physical body, it's very obvious then that if I'm in a fear state and food's not digesting properly, then the tissues of my body are, you know, are learning something different and, and becoming nowhere near their potential. So you know, the interrelation of our mind, our emotions and our body, it's, it's very obvious if, if the questions you know, keep getting asked. Yeah, Inga and I have been really into diet at the moment, and well, not so much diet, but just really conscious about the way that we want to eat and why we want to eat and things like this, and and kind of moving towards a a plant based diet. Um, and it's it's been amazing the changes that that we've kind of felt just from from those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um I think everyone's having that's a that's a very um across the board thing now. There's a lot of realizations and people are really tuning into, you know, hey, I can control a huge amount of my feeling just by what I put in my mouth and, and that's a it's a beautiful thing and there's plenty of people out there with great great knowledge and you know and expertise and really want to share this stuff. But you also do a lot of breath work and, and breathing workshops. How can people benefit from understanding the breath more yeah look i've got a fair bit of inspiration for many people with this um but again it was like everything as you know as becoming a i guess a teacher more um i'm doing it because i need to learn this myself and i think everything i say and everything i'm you know i share is because i'm either on that journey still learning that or needing it myself and uh, i think you know in particular just having sustained energy and being able to be relaxed and not so anxious about life, not so nervous or not so reactive to situations. And again, I, I got to a very quick and clear dead end with trying to intellectually um, say, okay, I'm going to flip the way that I feel or I'm going to flip the way that I think or I'm going to you know, not react to this situation. That is quite a challenge because you know, we're working from, we're looking at, you know, 95% of our conscious brain and it's just a conditioned response, a, a habit pattern um, that's been there since, you know, since very, very early on. And I think the breath has something very unique to offer there because it's actually something physical. We actually can do it. It's free. And we take in these really nice deep breaths in situations and it's literally changing the chemistry of our blood. It's changing the way that we're thinking. It's changing the way that we're feeling for real. Like actually, it actually is doing something um, very, very physical. And I think that that's something that people can relate to. And and also, you could be totally skeptical of that and then have the experience, ask someone, how are you feeling now? And then do some breath work and then ask those people 10 minutes later how they're feeling and have a totally different response. And not once did we ask those people to look at the situation differently. We just asked them to take some breaths and change the way that their body was responding. So there's power in there. 
Uh, yeah, most definitely. And, and when you talk about that, you know, the breath work and some exercises, is there, like, is there a, a, I guess, a quick explanation or some simple tips that you could give people? Yeah, I, I mean, I always teach for a start, I guess, to breathe in through the nose. I think that's very important uh, as a general. And, you know, it activates a, a different part of our nervous system and more, more active on the parasympathetic pathways, which is, you know, the rest and digest. Uh, that's you know that's happening through a structure and a vortexing in our nasal passage and that allows the lower lobes of the lungs to actually activate and I think you know breathing in the upper lobes of the lungs through the mouth is straight away irrespective of what we're thinking it's actually sending signals and chemistry through our blood to say I am stressed this is a stressful situation you know shunt the blood to to my hindbrain you know block off the, the blood vessels and actually force all the blood away from my digestive system, pump it into my extremities so I can actually move uh, and actually, you know, run or, or, you know, be strong or be in fear. Uh, you know, there's all this stuff happening. And I think just first of all is, again, what we spoke about early on, which kind of becomes the key is, is just being aware of when we're breathing shallow through our mouth. Mm. And then we can still be in the same situation. We don't have to... Um, you know, not work today, it just means that we then, okay, I've got a lot to do or, you know, I'm in a bit of a stressful situation. How about I just start breathing deeply through my nose and sure enough, within a very short period of time, uh, the feeling and the perspective on that situation changes. It's, it's, it's obvious and it's very clear. And as you said before too, it's a, um, we've all got the tools and it's free and it doesn't take that long. Yes. Mm. Yes, but we've yes. we've also spoken about simplicity a little bit through this conversation. What role has simplicity played in your life? Uh, it's got me into trouble with uh, my wife with throwing things out, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, it's you know I think for me personally, there was a lot more important things, um, endeavors, and and pursuits, I guess to to work towards than um, managing material things that I didn't ultimately, I ultimately knew weren't going to liberate me. And I guess by having a lot of stuff, I guess for me personally, it takes away time that I could be exploring my body. I could be doing some mental development. I could be studying something. I could be teaching. I could be helping. I could be doing all sorts of, um, yeah, you know, varying, varying things that are very positive in my, in my day instead of managing and maintaining my, my material possessions, I guess. I think that's, that's one thing that we often forget when we, when we bring material possessions into our life, that there is so much maintenance and maintaining that, that, that they come with. Absolutely. And there's a huge amount of time uh, consumption there for sure that you know ultimately we can ask that question what you know is is that time worthy and could that have been used in a different way and you know that's again personal it doesn't mean that people can't have have things and people can't really enjoy you know the things that they do own or want to look after um, but personally it's not for me and I think that's that's another key thing it's not about saying you know everyone should be like this and everyone needs to get rid of their stuff I think it's everyone has to um, have the experience themselves, and if they want to go on that journey and and say, you know, I want to, you know, spend a lot of my time, you know, washing my 
washing my cars and bikes and boats and you know and everything every day um just to you know look a certain way or feel you know confident or um you know be accepted in society you know i, I feel for these i feel for this you know and I, that's the information i want to share so you know it doesn't judge the character at all no, definitely. And I think you're right. Every every journey is is very individual. But we started this conversation about, I guess, parenthood and fatherhood. What has fatherhood taught you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything. It's been amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think Sonny's really, really forced me – he, he he literally has forced me to to play again um, mm. and, and revisit my own childhood in in many ways and I'm forever grateful and I think this year alone you know a lot of challenge a lot of personal challenges but uh, in the last few months I've really noticed myself focusing on just the joy that a kid brings uh, and being around a kid and watching that they just don't care they mm. don't care at all and I think I I just try to tap into that and. You know, I, I'm the one who's, you know, many times I've tried to convince my parents or share information with them. And so if that's the case and, you know, the youth are always, you know, coming up with new ideas, um, I feel like they're our teachers. So I actually look at, um, I don't look at a kid as being someone that I need to teach or I need to um, really, you know, show my ways and how he should act. I'm actually looking to him and go, man, like, what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. and so... So often he's playing, laughing, having fun, being present, joking around. He doesn't care about the time of the day or what day it is or, you know, that we have to actually be somewhere at a certain time. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you're going to teach me, I'm going to follow suit. And so uh, he's really driv- uh, driven that home. And that's been just, yeah, the, the joy there is, is, is awesome and the play. And, it, yeah, it's, I've never smiled so much in the last, last few months being in his presence for sure. Yeah, it's, it's so true. The kids... They just love that play, and it's amazing how much they learn through that play as well. And 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 also, I find with kids, I think one of the big things I've really learned is that they they learn by trying, and that doesn't mean that they succeed every single time they try. They, they, they kind of learn from all of these like mini fails, and that's something <laughs> that I've really started to go. Okay, Mike, you know, just go out there and do it. You don't need to know everything before you start. Absolutely, absolutely, and and two, there's something really interesting there with uh, what you just mentioned about you know the failing aspect, and kids get frustrated and they 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 lose it, they go off the handle, and I think if we actually you know sort of own up to it a little bit, we actually want to go off the handle a lot too, and we actually want to try something and fail and then really express ourselves, but there's so much suppression of what's acceptable. You know, and I've heard a bit of a joke say that, you know, probably a lot of the enlightened people around are all locked up, um, you know, because they just w- wasn't allowed. They wasn't allowed to, to express that. And, you know, if, if you've seen a, you know, an, an adult who, who tried to do, uh, let's say, a handstand just for the – because we've been sort of mentioning it as a bit of a joke, but an adult does a handstand and can't do it, probably deep down they just want to scream and yell because they know that they could do it. Um, but there's frustration there, but that's not acceptable. So that person then bottles that up and either goes down two paths, tries again many, many times through repetition and, and forces themselves to learn it, probably not that enjoyable, or actually just never does it again because, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to express myself and, 
and you know get back up again and and, and then brush it mm. brush it away so and, and like I guess with a lot of the the changes that you've made in your life and, and the way that you're you're designing it and and the things that you've learned through all of your travels you've got all and, and you know the things that you've learned from the different cultures you've got all that side of things and then you're now mixing it with having a family and living the the day-to-day life in this this western culture what are some of the challenges that you face there oh yeah they're i think they're the big ones mm. uh and i think you know i think i could probably sum it all up in saying that once you get to a certain place of understanding and recognizing that you know deep down you just know that um you know certain things you know matter and certain things don't matter um, it's hard, it's a tricky one because you tend to be walking a line that that everyone knows and everyone wants, but is very challenging. So you tend to feel you feel isolated in some way, but you feel a lot more connected. So there's an interesting paradox there, and I think it's uh, that the challenge is continuing to back yourself in the changes and still be humble and totally understanding and non-judgmental of everyone and and yourself included mm. of, of how that process is playing out for everyone yeah yeah it's it's so true man like it's that that understanding of 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 trying to kind of stay true to yourself and your beliefs and 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 push on through um and i guess it kind of goes back to what we were saying as well about not really having control of of the the end game. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But mate, one final question before we go, and it is a question that I ask all my guests on the podcast, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day. Um, I wake up at about four thirty. It's nice and dark, and I'd. St- Move straight into some breath training, some pranayam, some yoga, yoga breathing techniques, and that'll take you know half an hour, and then sit on that for a little while, maybe another half an hour, and just I guess meditation's the word, but just more mindfulness of you know concentrating on something very simple, um, and then doing something physical and using my body and opening that up just as the sun starts to come up. Plenty of fluid, some cold pressed juices, and some warm herbal teas, and would be um, ideal. And then I'd probably run through the jungle and surf my favourite wave in in Indonesia, and hopefully get inside of a few of them waves and, and have that experience. Um, and then laugh a lot would be would be there for sure. Um, try to have a lot more fun. That's a big, big focus for mine uh, now. Um, you know, be there with family and friends. Um, you know, share that experience with people, and then you know, do some education work. I guess do something where um, everyone, family, friends, son, you know, my partner, anyone who is who's involved or wants to be a part of sharing and, and actually having a sense of of community that we're all, you know, sharing our experience. And, um, I think, you know, that's, that's something that I've been really passionate about. And, and when I teach or I share, or I get to be an experience where people are, sh- are teaching me, um, 
you know, I, I really thrive in that environment. Um, you know, doing some diving and, you know, probably some more study and, you know, it's, I guess it's interesting. I kind of just keep working through it, um, working through the day and trying to be as present as possible, I guess. And, and then that huge element there of if that's a plan and it gets thrown out the window, then taking some deep breaths and accepting that one too. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. The uh, the perfect day. It is is really just today. It I, is. I, I think. Yep. But um. But mate, Joe, thank you so much for your your deep wisdom there and and your thoughts and your different look on life and and it it really is why I am personally gravitated towards you. But if people do want to reach out to you, learn a little bit more about you, or, or maybe even pop into some of your sessions or or workshops, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I think uh, social media just is is actually is the way that I'm sort of connecting at the moment. So just my name, just Joe Fairley. Um, you know the things that I'll be doing are on there, and I try to keep it keep it simple and. Um, and that's it, you know, the website will be, it, it's there, but it's kind of, you know, simple and needs a bit of work. Um, it hasn't been a priority at, at the moment. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and I'm, I'm around people teaching different places and, but yeah, social media is, is the way and, you know, get in touch and I appreciate the, the opportunity to share and, you know, for you to, you know, reach out and have this conversation and me to hear your passion about it. I, you know, it's always nice to connect with connect with people and, and share this information and say to people, hey, it's all right and um, yeah, no worries, no stress, it's, it is what it is. Perfect, it really is what it is and I will make sure that I'll have links to all of your, your social accounts and things like that at the uh, in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. Um, but again, Joe, I just wanted to say thanks, mate. It was uh, great having you on and for everybody listening, thank you and until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.